Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time, I spoke with Gemma Casey, NatWest Ecosystem Manager for Wales and host of Inspiring Women Wales podcast. We spoke about journalism, helping communities to tell their story, as well as her roles to support upcoming entrepreneurs to success. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today is a natural visionary, has nearly four decades in tech, and is a values-led female leader in the industry. I'd like to welcome Joyce Durst to my podcast. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Hi, Lou. Thank you. I'm great uh, and thrilled to be here. And I actually can't wait to go back and hear the last podcast because I want to hear that one. It was a a very interesting conversation. I love speaking with women in technology and supporting entrepreneurs because, uh, you know, it's so important to support everybody. But sometimes our role as a female, as a mother, maybe has its challenges. So I'd love to hear about your story. I'd love for you to tell me more from the the beginning and kind of where things started for you in technology. Yeah. So when I was growing up and certainly the area of kind of rural Texas that I grew up in, there was no, there was really no expectation in my family that anyone would ever go to college because no one ever had. So it was, you know, it was quite a surprise to my family when I said, hey, Uh, Not only do I want to go to college, I'll figure out a way to put myself through and I want to study engineering. And there, you know, and just you could tell all around that it was like engineering, like you're girls don't do that. Like that is not that accepted thing. And I'm like, I love math and I love science. That's going to that's where I'm headed. So that's what I did. I went off and got an engineering degree uh, in computer engineering. I loved it. I just love the kind of intellectual stimulation. And every day there's a new problem and a new challenge and a lot of innovation. And straight out of school, I was very fortunate and uh, went to work at IBM. So just a great kind of launch pad for my career. And must say, uh, given my upbringing, I kind of, well, on my first job thought, I have already reached the highest level of success I will ever reach. I oh, have that's a, amazing. <laughs> I have a great job and, you know, it wasn't a lot of money. You know, it was an entry level person, but I was like, look at this. I can pay my bills. And it was awesome. Um, so it was just a great place to kind of start my career. I love the fact that you felt like you'd achieved even from the, the very beginning. I think you know, for anyone in business to have that mindset and that feeling right from the offset, you know, in in comparison to now you're still succeeding, but to actually initiate your career and feel like you've won. There are a lot of things that resonate for me, you know, equally being one of the first uh, individuals in my family to um, complete a degree um, in kind of media and, and technology. It was, you know, it was, it was very, very special, but you know, no one had done it before. So how do you kind of feel in that environment? Mm-hmm. Um, and equally, you know, feeling like you'd achieve, I'd achieved and, you know, taken those steps to get the first job in technology. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's a wonderful mindset rather than striving and going, well, I, you know, it's just not good enough. Let's just keep going or give up. Um, I think the resilience piece as well, very early on is, is a, a good thing. 
You know, and Lou, you just said something that I think is true of all entrepreneurs. So while I thought, wow, this is, you know, it was kind of like a miracle. I got to this amazing kind of promised land and I'm with all these other really bright people and they're solving great problems for their customers. I think all entrepreneurs are definitely plagued by what you said in that. Yes, but that's not enough. So I definitely, from the beginning, have had that drive on. Yeah, this is like, this is great. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for everything that I have. But wow, I, I want to go over it. Now I want to go learn some more. So <laughs> if I go take that other position, even within the same company, or if I go try something new, then I'll continue to learn and grow about, you know, how companies work and how people work. And I was really driven by that. So in my kind of the formative part of my career, I was consultant and then I was in sales and then I was in marketing and then I was in product management and then I was in development. And I really every two years were like, I've never done that over there. Can I go try that over there? That seems like a new and interesting thing. And I was fortunate that I had managers and executives that I worked for that were like, yeah, you've, you know, you've done a good job. We'll let you go try that. And I credit that kind of intellectual curiosity and maybe hating to ever kind of be bored with really giving me the broad base of experiences that prepared me to be a CEO and an entrepreneur. I love the fact that you were never bored and you always wanted to do other things, more things and keep learning. Have you always stayed within the engineering and tech industry? Certainly, I've always been within the tech industry, but I found ways to try out every single discipline. So even though I was in tech, I'm like, you know, marketing, let me go, <laughs> let me go try marketing. I don't know anything about that. You know, so to learn all the customer facing parts of the business, as well as the engineering and support and QA and, you yeah. know, tech writing to learn as much as you can about all of those prepares you to be in any industry because every industry has technology, right? But but I've, I've enjoyed being in the where the focus of the company really has been technical innovation. Yes, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear that. It, it again resonates for me, um, you know, working in a big corporate and going, you know, I'll, I'll do a secondment in, uh, you know, the, the business side or the kind of customer and all sorts of different aspects to really deeply understand from a general management perspective. Um, but seeing the, the value that that can bring back in any role in any organization really is incredibly powerful for anyone in business to go and try and just have insights. I remember having, you know, lots of different discussions with people in, you know, finance or marketing or various other departments and going, yeah, I want to learn. Let me sit with you. Let me shadow. Let me see what that's about and really understand. So I feel very excited by, <laughs> by your yeah. story. And I can tell that you're you're an engineer at heart. Maybe that's not the exact degree that you got, but you are definitely an engineer at heart because we view the world as, well, how does that work? And is yeah. there like, if we know how it works and we know what you really want, maybe there's a way to tweak this part or improve this part so that then it's better for everyone. And and clearly those are the eyes. It looks to me like that's that's how you look at the world. <laughs> Absolutely. There's always that level of improvement. What? How can you make it better, more efficient, more uh, usable or, you know, easier for people? Because technology can, you know, cause massive stumbling blocks for humans, society. But actually, it's very understandable. I, I see technology as very a logical process. 
So whenever anything kind of suggests that it's a problem, it's a device, it's a piece of technology that has a logic because you can't necessarily create technology without that logic. So actually the 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 kind of customer viewpoint of it um, or the human viewpoint is that it's just a logical process and being able to see that uh, it's all quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, That's uh, one of the things we say around our lives, right? That, that technology is working as designed and that's good or bad, right? And so yeah. if, if we as technologists and as business people and entrepreneurs really keep the employees in mind and the end users in mind and like really how do we make it a wonderful experience for both customers and employees that's tech that's we're not done until it really does that so as long as we're keeping the people element front and center then Mm. you know then technology can be a great tool Absolutely. Um, I, I know you have a thing for maths in your history. I remember as a, as a child, uh, my father's an engineer uh, and um, all the maths books, all the functions and the algorithms, you know, kind of in the 80s, I remember opening these massive books and going, I don't understand them right now, but I know I'm going to at some point in my mm-hmm. life. But just seeing all these formulas and uh, all these things that look so complicated, but knowing that one day they'd be understandable. So tell me about your math journey. You know, I think it's as simple as I had a um, a fairly challenging kind of childhood growing up. I, I never started and finished a year in the same school until I was in high school and finished a couple of years there. And so there was a lot of turmoil and drama and tragedy kind of in my family growing up. And for me, it, math is not subjective. Right. So I gravitated towards that because I knew that when you worked on this, that if you solve this equation, a very specific answer would come out the end. And even before the teacher ever graded it, I already knew that I got the right answer because the equation solved. Right. And that's not that way. If you think about it in English and other, you know, other social sciences and liberal arts, like it's, it's much more subjective. And I think for me, I just, I really went towards, hey, where is there a guaranteed foundation that I know is going to be the same every single time? Math. (laughs) I love it. So that's a really nice way of, of kind of putting it that it's, it's uh, not subjective. It's logical. It has an answer. Um, And I think, you know, people can kind of balance either in the science maths or the kind of creative field. But when you get somebody that crosses both, and I kind of feel like we both do in that sense, that it brings a balance to life and and to business. There, you know, sometimes there is an answer, but sometimes there isn't an answer. Um, But but knowing you can rely on maths and technology because (laughs) there is a logical answer. (laughs) There is an answer. Two plus two is four, no matter how many times you do it, it always is. Noted. (laughs) You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Joyce Durst, CEO and founder of wearegap.com. So Joyce, you're a female founder and a caregiver, and I'd love to know um, how, how you balance life in in those roles and uh, yeah a female founder and a caregiver in in society and just keeping everything going 
Yeah, it's it's for I think for for many families and for many women who take on the primary role of caregiver, both for children and for in many cases, aging parent, it's something we all have to get very comfortable with. And I I use this analogy with a lot of entrepreneurs that I mentor on, you know, we all have this mental picture of all these spinning plates, right? We got all these plates spinning and we're running around and we're hitting them and trying to keep them spinning. And I said, success is not keeping all of the plates spinning. Success is keeping the right plates spinning. Wow. And it's very, it's hard, but you have to get comfortable with some of these plates are going to come crashing to the ground. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. As long as I keep the right ones spinning, as long as you're taking care, you know, of the primary responsibility, like make sure your kids are fed and okay and safe and they get to school and they get home. And if you're like I was, I took care, I was a primary caregiver for my mother for about nine years. My mother had two double lung transplants and then over that period and went through um, rejection with those over a number of years. So as long as I knew that, you know, my mom was happy and she lived with me and was, you know, enjoying life and she worked with me in the company for a long time as well. And that was all like her, all those basic needs were really taken care of. And hey, the company is growing and the people feel valued and their voices heard and they're inspired and the customers think that we're providing just exceptional service. If we're doing those things, the fact that I may work 12 hours on one day and four hours on another day, it's, to it's fine. Like yes. you got to give yourself grace, just, you know, have a little just mm. compassion for yourself and say, well, it's really stressful today. I need to leave at three o'clock and I'm going to go see a movie or I'm yeah. going to go for a run or whatever that is that just helps you kind of find calmness and peace kind of back within yourself um, mm -hmm. and, and just be okay. And that's the way we treat uh, all of our employees here at, at GAP is to say, we recognize you all have lives and families and, you know, sometimes things don't go well. Someone gets sick or, you know, mm -hmm. someone, you know, was, or someone's in a school play. You need to go be part of that at the same time. Hey, if you got to make up for that by you guys is a really key customer project and they're expecting we're going to deliver. Well, let's find a way to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think we've expected that we could do everything a hundred percent of everything. And I think we got to be okay with doing the right things. Yes, I absolutely love that analogy. You know, I've got this visual of all the plates spinning, but actually it's just making sure the right one is spinning. Um, that That's incredibly powerful to go, the others are okay. okay. Um, just the, the primary, the, the, you know, the most important thing has got to be dealt with and yeah. kept going. And Lou, I'm sure because you, you're a working mom, I'm sure you can relate to this. And I certainly as a caregiver, you know, there was a couple of years in there that were particularly stressful as my mother's health was failing and the company was growing or just crazy things. You know, there's there was one bathroom in my house that that toilet had been broken for, I bet, two years. And it's like, I can't get a, I just can't get a plumber out here. Like yeah. that plate is not going to happen. We have other bathrooms. Use the other ones. I'm just yeah. going to just ignore that, you know, or clothes don't get picked up from the dry cleaners or whatever it is. Yeah. You're like, you know what? No one yeah. died going to be yeah. okay and, yeah. and again we just got to be okay with yeah so the flowers didn't make it i forgot to water them okay 
<laughs> that reminds me I've just spotted a palm that needs some extra water <laughs> Thank thankfully those are the ones that can kind of sit for a long period of time without any water you talk about you know supporting people in your organization does that kind of mean that they bring their whole self to the workplace um, from a you know kind of I, I, it's one of the things that came up when you were speaking, because many organisations kind of go, well, you know, leave your personal life outside and just come to work and just work and then go home again. Um, yeah. And I kind of feel like, you know, society shifted to bring your whole self to the place. Um, and I kind of feel like your organization does exactly that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, as you know, we lead with values first. And the values which spell out GAP are easy to remember. The G stands for greatness. We should strive for greatness in everything we do. The A is for being agile, which means, hey, sometimes we got to change direction. We got to work together. We got to figure it out. And the P, which is the most important one, is investing in people. And I think uh, if you are truly investing in people, you have to create space for them to bring their host self to work. And you have to make sure their voices are heard. And you got to rec recognize when parents are having to homeschool kids, you know, during a pandemic and that that's going to change the way and the hours that they can work. So I don't want an environment unless people are bringing their host self to work. That's where you get the greatest ideas. That's where yeah. you get the greatest teamwork and the highest levels of trust. And for us, we are a people business. We are a digital transformation technology company. All I have is people. And whatever their best self is, that's the one I want to, you know, to be able to interact with every day. I love it. That makes me makes me feel really nice to hear that, um, you know, an organization is is kind of doing that. And I'm sure there are many others that but it, it's actually really nice having not worked in corporate or in big organizations for some time um you know maybe not having that experience but um feeling like you know the, the whole self has to go everywhere you can't just leave apart yeah. uh, you know dealing with you know difficult situations you can't just turn off those emotions and those feelings because you know they may well resonate throughout part of the day um and just kind of having that understanding uh, and again with the the combination in a technology environment um normally you know from my experience working in technology many years ago there were no emotions you just deal with the technology um, and to make it more human and of course we're the ones that make it work so uh, it kind of can't leave that stuff out of it it has to well yeah, and yeah, uh, just to add to what you just said, that's where the value is. So mm -hmm. our customers rely on us to help them build their intellectual property. So the the enterprise SaaS or data analytics platforms that our clients use to connect to their customers, that's, that's what we build. That's what Gap builds. Yeah. If you have a diverse team of people that have, you know, bring their whole self and their independent thoughts and creativity and challenges that they face. If they, if everybody can bring that, then the solution we're going to come up with is going to be so much stronger because you have all these different perspectives. Yeah. I don't want any cookie cutter. You know, that does not help, right? You want diversity of thought in as many ways as possible, plugging into that solution you're trying to build for the client. And well, I think, 
you know, again, it's fantastic to hear that. And I kind of feel like solutions and, uh, you know, things, whatever is being built for the client happens quicker in a way because it's the whole self. It's a complete piece rather than, you know, the cookie cutter thing, Um, you know, the backwards and forwards conversations between yourselves and clients. Then there's subjectivity, there's conversations that kind of potentially extend the whole life of a a project, but actually working almost intuitively uh, on a one-to-one basis, whatever it happens to look like, gives uh, equally, I know from my business, it gives fantastic results and in a much quicker time frame because all of that stuff outside, right? because you're not you're bringing your whole self there is no stuff outside it's all there it's complete in that one space um yeah i think it's simplistic kind of in my head is you know it just imagine we're all working on this giant jigsaw puzzle and uh you know one of us could work on it if i worked on it it'd take about a year because i'm very slow (laughs) jigsaw puzzles because i'm like oh not. i can i can never find the corner pieces that's the bit that takes me forever Well, it's not only, yeah. So imagine now we have four people working on it and they're like, oh, I see the part you're working on over here. That really goes with my part over here. Let's put that in there. And two of the people have the pieces in their pocket. We didn't even know it. And they're like, oh, I have that piece. I'll put that in there. But the more people we have collaborating on that, the way faster that jigsaw puzzle is going to come together. Absolutely. Uh, So going back to the beginning of your career and wanting to kind of progress and learn and even in the first instance feeling like you'd achieved and you had success I'd love to hear a bit more about how that impacts you uh, in your career now and your organization yeah that's a it's an interesting question you know I think as if we all think about um, how we grow as people right you mentioned I've been doing this almost four decades so early in in my career and probably in everyone's career, our focus is really about learning and gathering tools and experiences. And for to do that, other people invested in me, right? Teachers and mentors and coaches in business and just peers I watched and learned from. Um, and so that's all about, hey, I'm I'm really focused on kind of growing this. But as you progress through your skill, at least for me, my success is not now measured. I still want to learn every day, but I'm not measuring myself by what I'm learning. I'm measuring myself by the impact that I'm having on other people. And how am I creating an environment for other people to learn and grow? I'm going to murder this quote. So Maya Angelou, please forgive me. But one of my favorite quotes, paraphrase from Maya Angelou, is Uh, your legacy is measured by the impact you have on others' lives. So I really view every single interaction as a a chance to do something positive. And if I'm not careful, maybe it's not positive, which is also could be part of my legacy. So I'm very focused on, hey, we need to invest in people. And I now measure my success on, hey, if I look across the the people that I interact with, have I done something to help them learn or help them grow or, you know, get to the next level of their career? That's how I, that's really now how I think about success. Hmm. That's a really giving consideration for success, that it's not a 
a, a kind of necessarily a selfish thing. It's a it's a giving. It's being useful, helpful, you know, supporting others' success. Um, and again, it's another topic, you know, I really kind of deeply resonate with, um, you know, whether it's my children's success, whether it's, you know, individuals, it's how are, how are they doing? How how can I help them to be more successful? Um, and it may not be a conscious thing in the first instance. Do you think that it's always been a conscious effort or do you think there's some subconscious helping others to be successful, that it's an intuitive, something you've always done? I think that I'm a natural caregiver, right? So, you know, if I look at my employees now, I have 650 and I feel responsible for their well-being and their family's well-being and, you know, the next generation. So a part of that comes from in my family, uh, caregiving was, re- was really modeled that it was your job to take care of your elders or if there was a sick family member. So that that is very natural, right? That feels very comfortable for me. And I think that extends to my particular leadership style, which is I want to grow a bunch of leaders and I want those leaders to go and invest in a bunch of people and, and help others. And, and then I will feel like, Hey, this has been, yeah, this has been a great time (laughs) if we can all do that. Okay. So, um, how do you then balance supporting others to become leaders and supporting yourself to make sure that you're sustained in that uh, in, in organizations and, and business? I, again, I think for all leaders and entrepreneurs, there are times when that is very easy and there are times when it's not. And I think mm-hmm. you need to develop uh, you know, your own set of kind of monitors and sensors, warning mechanisms to say, am I feeling really stressed or am I not? Because I can tell you for me as a leader, I'm a very calm leader. I'm not highly emotional. So I try to stay off of the roller coaster that we all have to go through because business is good or business is bad, whatever. Yeah. Try to stay here, which means I need additional kind of warning signals about myself on, oh, I may not be acting stressed, but I'm really feeling stressed. So, yeah. you know, am I sleeping or am I following through with my exercise? You know, silly. Am I drinking enough water? All of the things that kind of make mm-hmm. you a healthy person. Am I have quiet time? And I force into my daily regimen some number of those things to make sure that I am staying both physically, mentally, spiritually healthy so that I can be the best at what I want to be the best at, which is taking care of all of these people. That's fantastic. How about you, Lou? Do you find a way? Oh, well, I'm kind of going, mm. I think there's there's some awareness, um, but I think there's some there's some room to go with it because often for me it's about the perception that I'm kind of okay. So there's still for me that boundary or barrier that is I'm absolutely fine, but um yeah, not really taking a step back to go, am I really fine? Right. You know, I do have one of those, you know, I have a wearable that, you know, there's a million out there. Oh, yes, I, I do as well. We're all into yeah every and piece it, of technology. And it's interesting, you know, where I, there were, you know, there was a period of time where I thought, you know, I'm trying to bring my best self, but wow, I feel really tired, you know, at certain points. And, you know, I started doing a little more research. I'm like, Oh, I'm not sleeping well at all. Like, oh, mm. I thought I was sleeping well, but I'm not sleeping well. Make some adjustments. Yes. And it's like, oh, okay. Now yes. I feel a lot better. <laughs> I do partake in a in a, you know, if I get some spare time a day here and there, I will have some 
time out and some some rest, some sleep, and just to recuperate. But um, yes, uh, one to regulate. Anyway, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Joyce Durst, CEO and founder of WeAreGap.com. In terms of the latest technology in your business, what steps are you taking to be kind of ahead of the game and progressive? Well, it's such, you know, it's an ever-moving target in technology. It's one of the things I love about technology, but it makes it, you know, it's impossible to be up on everything. It's just, you know, there's a new thing every, every day. As part of the company, we have a research technology group whose job it is to make learning new technologies fun for all of us, all the engineers and all the rest of us, even if we're not using them on projects. So, you know, we uh, have things like 3D printers and we have things like Oculus headsets uh, in the office so that people can, you know, explore the metaverse. Um, And we do sessions on blockchain and all kinds of artificial intelligence. We've got a whole bunch of people using ChatGPT and Dolly and a bunch of the competitors. And for many of those things, because we're we're in the general business of helping companies transform their their environments through technology. That's what we help our customers do is really focus on digital transformation. But for many of those things, they're still they're still a ways off before there's really commercial production, you know, applications that that we're going to put like, you know, I don't have any customers, not that I'm sure other people do. I don't have any customers saying, hey, I've got Oculus headsets on all of my employees and we're, you know, just operating <laughs> in the metaverse. I don't have any of that right now. But I do. There are uh, there are really good applications for AI. So I kind of recommend for everyone that right now it's just about everybody learning. Uh, mm-hmm. If we use ChatGPT as an example, and again, there's many platforms out there. Sometimes it'll give you the right answer. Sometimes it'll give you the wrong answer. So, you know, now's the time to just experiment and play with it and ask it all the questions you can kind of think of. But recognize that you like if it's really a serious thing that you're going to use in business, you should validate that against some other sources and stuff. So, you know, again, this is where we all get to be continual learners and yes, see what you can ask it to do. Absolutely. I think that's the the fun bit and kind of seeing, noticing and the fact that there's been so much fantastic marketing on yeah. chat GPT. Um, you know, there are many technologies that go under the radar that aren't brought to the forefront. So I think um, in kind of making it more easy to understand um, for everyone, it's a massive step forwards in terms of marketing technology. And I'd love to see you know, any other new technology being marketed and kind of made viral in such a such a way well, you know, um, certainly you know, make our jobs much easier. <laughs> you know of another one, right? And, and if you look through history, almost all major technology trends take a big step forward and then a big step back and then some baby steps forward. And, and so that we're in that process. Crypto, yeah. same thing, right? Yeah. We saw explosion of crypto and then an implosion of crypto. And so it doesn't mean crypto is bad and, you know, we won't ever have it. Absolutely. Crypto is also here to stay. But, you know, you got to improve and, you know, understand how where technology can be used for good and where it goes off the rails and build a few barriers to keep us, you know, safe as all these new things are being launched. Absolutely. And I love the technology for good. 
and kind of having that measure for you know positive outcomes and uh, you know progress in life and I guess that kind of resonates with the choosing which plate is the most important to keep spinning in that moment we don't all have the capacity to learn everything all of the time but choose one thing and progress with that um, and I think uh, it resonates back I remember talking with my son when he was about three or four and um being a very, um, you know, involved mother, wanting him to do this club, that activity, yeah. this activity. And he came back to me, you know, the the wise age of three or four, and went, I just want to do one thing a day, mum. Can you just, you know? And I was like, I've always held, you know, his words kind of in my heart and go, if you achieve one thing a day, that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Well, and the other thing on the learning thing, and we do this on my leadership team, you know, we crowdsource this. So I don't need to read every single article. I'm going to pick a couple, but everyone else on my team is picking a couple and they'll, we share on Slack as our communication people, they'll share a little summary. Hey, I read this article. It, you know, if you want to read it, it takes four minutes and here's the highlights so that you can learn in this, you know, short method. Yeah. With a bunch of people. So again, it doesn't have to be just on you. You just got to have a, peer group that you know you share the load there yes I love the collaborative nature uh, and being able to learn collaboratively so that actually the the load isn't on any one individual or yourself from that perspective I want to kind of come on to the exceptional customer service so I think for both of us that's been a kind of desire to serve and deliver exceptional products and services for our customers but uh, yeah I just want to revisit that and expand on it a little bit and how important it is for technology companies to have the customer at the forefront. Yeah, and I think any technology company, especially we're a services company, if you're going to be successful, you have to start from a place of empathy. So, you know, when we are working with VP of engineers that are trying to figure out what their digital transformation plan is and make sure they can deliver on their commitments they've just made to their board of directors that they're going to have this that will really help their customers in the market by the end of the year. Like we feel and internalize how important that is to that person, to that individual, and then to that company. Like they're all their business objectives center around this thing. And if you start there, then you really attack the project of, hey, there's no choice but to make sure this thing is great. Like yeah. this person's career and this company is, they are absolutely dependent on that. And we we make sure that we really understand the why of why it's important to the individual and why it's important to the company before we kick off any project. And then we yeah. reiterate that over and over, week after week after week. Hey, in case we forgot, this isn't work. This is their company right? Yeah. This is his career. Let's make sure that it's magical and that we're bringing recommendation and innovation and ideas to the table every day because we're we're on that. We're on that team. Yes. And, you know, again, kind of coming back to the, the cookie cutter, you know, if you're developing technology products, it's not just doing the same that you've always done for every client. It's about really nurturing that relationship and building something really successful that's kind of human centered yes. in that whole that whole kind of delivery piece um and actually you know from a timely perspective 
it kind of keeps them happy. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the joy as well, that if you can see that someone you're, you know, delivering products or services to um, has that joy rather than the frustration. Because I think, you know, I think maybe we've seen uh, lots of customers or, you know, heard friends that are customers of technology services in the past have frustration. Go, you know, why is this taking so long? What's happening here? And the lack of communication and the kind of disengaged. Yeah, you you have to be totally engaged and transparent, right? Mm. Software is hard to build sometimes. Yeah. Right. This this is not easy, right? There's a lot of technical challenges sometimes in that. But if you are if you really partner with your customer and you're transparent all along the way on, hey, here's what we're seeing, here's what we're gonna do, you know, here's where we need some more input, then they totally get it. They're like, Yep, yeah, I under I understand. That required more invention. That took a little longer. We'll save some more time over here. But you gotta do that together. And as long as they know that you really care about yeah. whether or not this thing is successful. It's not, yeah, you're going to, you know, pay us at the end. It's like, no, like you're totally invested in, uh, like we can't sleep at night if this thing's not on track. Then they're like, yeah, we're, you know, we're carrying this load together. So this is a technology podcast. We've been talking about tech the whole way through, but I'd love to be able to share or for you to share some top tips for entrepreneurs and business owners in technology, for them to be able to progress in the most successful way and, and doing what you do best? Well, I, I can, you know, speaking for myself in terms of what's worked for me, really making sure that you have a purpose and values led company to where your customers are not cookie cutter and neither are your employees. So really recognizing what the strengths and excellence and talents are in every single individual and valuing that and figuring out how to really kind of advance and promote that will pay tremendous dividends. So focus on the employee and focus on the customer experience. The other thing that I would tell, and this is especially true of women entrepreneurs, but could be all entrepreneurs, but especially women, think bigger. I see way too many times women put together a really awesome business plan for, hey, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to get this company to five million. And my immediate thing is just go ahead and talk about getting it to 50 million. Like whatever it is that you're thinking about, just go wow. and put another zero on it. Because as you as an entrepreneur make a plan in your mind for, oh, here's what it would take to build a company to 50 million or 100 million or whatever, you start to actually make that happen. You figure out what leaders you need, you figure out what services, what kind of ideal clients you need, and you go down that path. All companies would be in a much better place if they started to really care about people. And then just think further down the road. The last thing that I'll say, just because we're in this really time of uncertainty around the globe right now. We've just finished, maybe we finished, I don't know, a pandemic. You know, we've got in the US, we've got banking uncertainty. We have inflation all around the world. You know, we've got tech companies struggling. If you are an entrepreneur and you are not doing scenario planning, you are putting your business at risk. So it was easy a year ago to go, oh, tech is gonna be growing at, you know, 40 plus percent every single yeah. year. And the companies that will sur survive in a good way this uncertain economic times are those that have planned for both things to be really good and things to be really bad and have a playbook that you go, okay, here's what we do. The market's going down. Here's what we do. So please make sure that you have multiple options kind of for 
whatever happens in the market. I absolutely love that advice. Um, I'm I'm taking the advice of putting at least one extra zero on the on the end of projection. Right. I'd never thought of that. That's um, you know it makes perfect sense. You know you know why just five million? Why not fifty million? Right. Um, and whilst that sounds ridiculous, it's not. It's just okay. I need to convince myself on that one. <laughs> well, it makes you really start to think about it differently. Yeah. Like oh well, is there a franchise model? Are there partnerships? Are there mm. geographic expansion? Like there's all kinds of things. Yes. What might that look like? And you might not choose to do all of them or any of them, but doing that will make whatever your it'll make your five million dollar plan way stronger. Yes, I think it's uh, about having that kind of expanded mindset, the the kind of dreaming bigger than you're already dreaming right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the one of the things you kind of go, okay, well, what what's my lifestyle going to be like? What how do I want to move forward? Um, and kind of making a, a lifestyle business, but a, you know, something that's fulfilling ourselves as human beings over and above the working just to earn money. You right. know, I think that's that's really kind of important as well, and obviously reflects the the values led organisation. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett, and today I'm talking with Joyce Durst, CEO and founder of WeAreGap.com. Joyce, I know you have a kind of heart filled uh, with kind of people and value and also your love for supporting community. Tell me more. Yeah, Lou, this is my favorite topic, actually. So when I talked about the values of striving for greatness and being agile, investing in people, that doesn't just mean the people inside of our company. So we view our values as the work we do. We call ourselves Gapsters with our Gapsters. The work we do with our customers, we want to make their lives better, too. And the work we do in our communities, we believe it is our absolute responsibility to be doing all we can to lift up the communities where we live and work. And we do that through a whole bunch of initiatives. We have a big program called Gap Gives, and we let the employees really have a loud voice and a big vote in where charitable giving is done and what activities we're going to go do with our, you know, our time and our money and our expertise. You know, right now, and one there's I'm very excited about in Colombia, we're doing right now, and that there was a there's a small community, a whole community where no one in the community has access to the internet. So we're we're going in we have great technologists and we're over that entire community installing, you know, Wi-Fi access points and repeaters so that for the first time, everyone that lives there will have access to the internet. And that can be a powerful game changer for kids learning and, you know, parents kind of work and education and stuff. So that's great. But that's just one of many. Uh, We support uh, charities to rescue pets. We support uh, charities that are trying to lift children out of poverty or help have children like there's a charity we're very fond of that builds prosthetics for children who have been victims of burns or cancer. So there's a, you know, we want to support as many charities as our people have passion. And if their heart is there and they, you know, really are moved and can tell that story about how we can help people, then we are all in. And I think for entrepreneurs, again, out there, if you want to connect with your people, you need to have a purpose that they can connect to. And for many, if you're, you know, have young people that work in your company, they are very motivated to not only do work and do a great job in the office, but they want to give back. And Mm. whether that's with, 
you know, helping climate change or addressing poverty or homelessness or whatever it is. They want to know where you are on helping them do things that are soul enriching, fulfilling for them. And it's easy for us to get behind that. That sounds, I mean, is incredible. It doesn't just sound, I, I kind of feel the, you know, the heartfelt kindness and, you know, really community focus, um, you know, kind of supporting a community with the internet. It's like, we, I'm sure most of us can't even imagine what that's like to not have um, any connection. And we've kind of been blessed for so many years having this technology, but being able to support a community that doesn't have that, and that's massive, that, that's just massive in itself, you know, despite all of the other things or in addition to the, the other things that you, you do. So we can all, again, I think if all companies would just put a little focus on this, um, and we put a lot. We measure our giving goals at the same level as we measure our revenue and profit goals, and they have to be reported out every single week. So the company knows, hey, we're very serious. Like this is an important thing for us. But I think if every company would just get behind whatever, you know, again, whatever touches you, whatever calls yeah. you, then we could, I mean, we could make a really big impact in the world. I can just imagine organizations almost spending, you know, half of their time charity giving and half of their time working. Uh, And that's the kind of the mix of giving and receiving and and kind of giving and receiving in in kind of a complete way. And I guess, it you know, it really does allow employees to bring their whole self because it's their passion. It's their their own purposes as well as the organization's purpose that actually it feels a good creates good and uh you know it's kind of reiterative it's you know progressive in that sense as well tell me what's next for you well for me i think uh in two areas well maybe three areas i'm going to try and survive a half marathon here in two weeks that i'm probably not ready for so hopefully we'll do that (laughs) But for the company, we doubled the size of the company in the last less than three years. um, And we want to do that again. So uh, uh, just as I recommend entrepreneurs, I challenge myself on, hey, here's my growth plan for the company. Let's think a little bigger. So we're going to try and double the size of the company again in the next three years. Um, And then and then for me personally, my own personal legacy is really focused on how many leaders are we growing? How many dollars are we giving back in the communities? Those are the things where I can go have a real personal impact. How many uh, entrepreneurs am I mentoring? How can I help a bunch of other people start to grow up either their careers or their companies? And so that's my focus Mm -hmm. for the next few years as well. Fantastic. And how can people get hold of you, Joyce? I am very easy to get hold of. Joyce Durst is, that's my LinkedIn profile. Uh, Wearegap.com is our website. Please uh, come there. If you reach out to me on LinkedIn, I will do my very best to get back very quickly. So I've, I've had the same LinkedIn for the last, I don't know, a couple decades for sure. Fabulous. I feel amazingly inspired by having this conversation with you, knowing that there's there's kind of personal and community success in technology uh, and working in this industry. It feels the right direction. Uh, and certainly I hope that listeners, you're, you're feeling the same way, that this feels such a, a kind of heartfelt, progressive, uh, inspirational conversation to go forward with. Joyce, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. And I hope for our uh, relationship and communication to continue. Yes, me too, Lou. I have just so was so looking forward to this. Again, I, I just love. So anytime you just want to call me, we'll just chat. anytime. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>